we're going to have our first reading and Denise and Stephen, Timo and Evie Marie are going to come up. And as they do, if you'd like to follow the reading, it's from Genesis 24, can be found on page 23 of the Church Bibles and will also be on the screen. And after the reading, Nick will come and speak to us. him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, What if a woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your sons back to the country you came from? Make sure that you do not take my son back there. Abraham said, The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household of my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying, To your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you'll be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. Then the servant left, taking with him ten of his master's camels, loaded with all kinds of good things from his master. For Aram Naharan and made his way to the town of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was towards evening, the time the women go out to draw water. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today, and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing behind this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please, give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord. She said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two gold bracelets weighing ten shekels. Then he asked, Whose daughter are you? 
please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She answered him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son that Melchor brought in Ahor. And she added, We have plenty of straw and fodder, as well as room for you to spend the night. Then the man bowed down and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on a journey to the house of my master's relatives. Wow, wasn't that fantastic? Should we just give him a little round of applause? That was really good. Well done, guys. Now, I don't know about you, but hearing that reading made me think about a story I know. Maybe you know it too. There was once a beautiful princess. And she went for a walk in the woods. And as she walked through the woods, she came upon a well. And there at the well, what should she see but a frog? And as she was looking at the well and looking at the frog, she heard a voice saying, down here, down here. And she looked down and there, there was a frog. And the frog was speaking. And the frog said, I can see that you're a beautiful princess. She said, yes, I am. I can see that you're a beautiful princess. And I am a handsome prince. And she said, no, you're not. You're a frog. And he said, no, no, I am a handsome prince. And if you will but kiss me, I will be restored to my princely form. And we shall be wed on the morrow. And the princess She looked down at the frog and she picked him up and she put him in her pocket. (laughs) And the frog said from her pocket, What are you doing? You haven't kissed me yet. And she said, No, that's right. There are plenty of handsome princes around, but a talking frog. (laughs) My friends are going to love you. Now look, there's a reason that story works as a joke, isn't there? It's because we know that story. We know the story of the princess who goes to the pond or the well, to the, to the place where there's water, and supernaturally is united with the handsome prince, and together they live happily ever after. We know that story, don't we? And that reading from the Bible sounds a bit like that kind of fairy tale. And actually, it's a bit easy to read it that way. You read it and you think, oh, wow, look, here's God providing a wife for the prince. Because Isaac is a prince. God is providing a wife for him. Isn't that lovely for him? Isn't that lovely for them? This is a love story. It's like a fairy tale. Well, here's the thing. It is a love story, and it does sound like a fairy tale, but that's not the point. As we're going to discover this morning, Genesis 24 is a really long chapter. We're going to hear the rest of it read in a moment. I'm so grateful for the dramatic way it's, it's being read to us, because otherwise it would feel like... I read it at 8 o'clock this morning for the 8 o'clock service, and by about 9 o'clock I'd just about finished reading the passage. 
Why does God spend so long in Genesis 24 telling us this love story? Telling us about how the prince finds his princess. Well, look, there's some clues. If you've got um, page 23 open in your pew Bibles, uh, you can see them with me. It's obviously a really big deal. Abraham gets his servant, his chief servant, the most important person in his household, to swear this really solemn oath. Put your hand under my thigh. It's an incredibly intimate thing. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I'm living. Don't you dare let him marry anyone from here where I am. You have to go to the place my family is from and get him a wife from there. But then, the servant kind of understands how these sorts of things work. He says, well, what if she won't come back with me? Shall I take your son there? And Abraham says, make sure that you do not take my son back there. So, okay, let's get this right. So Isaac's got to have a wife from there, but he's not allowed to go there. And he's got to stay here, but he's not allowed to have a wife from here. That's what this story is about. Why? I wonder, can anyone tell me what Isaac's name means? Does anyone know what Isaac's name means? Yeah. Isaac's name does mean Isaac. It also means something else. Do you know? Laughter. Do you remember that from the Bible? Isaac's name means laughter. Why does Isaac's name mean laughter? Well, his mum had never been able to have children. And God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a baby and that that baby would be very special. Now, Sarah had never been able to have children. And by the time God's angel appeared to Abraham and finally said, your son is going to come next year, Do you know what she did? She was back in the tent. She didn't think the angel could hear. And she went. (coughs) So that was laughing, not sneezing. She laughed. She was like, that's hilarious. I can't have children. And I'm very old. It's so silly that you would say that I'm going to have a baby. Well, the angel said to her, give it a year. I'll come back and we'll see who's laughing. So the angel comes back a year later and this baby has been born. And so they call the baby laughter, Isaac. Because it's hilarious that he even exists. You see, God made a promise to Abraham that from him would come a great nation. And through that nation, everything would be put right. The world would be healed. The world would be mended. Human beings would come back into a relationship with the God who had made them, and every sad thing would come untrue. That's what Isaac's name means. It's amazing, brilliant, hilarious news that he even exists. And God has a plan. And we've seen, if you've been with us through Genesis, we've seen that lots of the time it doesn't look like God's plan can possibly come true. And this is another one of those moments. Isaac doesn't have a wife. How can he be the answer to the promise that there are going to be great nations who come from Abraham. How can he be the answer to that promise if he doesn't have a wife? 
So Abraham says to the servant, go. Go and find a wife for my son. But he mustn't be from among the Canaanites. Why not? Because they were people who, not only did they not know God, they hated God. And they lived lives that showed that they hated God. They lived what what Genesis tells us are wicked lives. Don't let Isaac marry someone who's going to lead him away from worshipping God. So she can't be from here. But he can't go back there because he's got to stay in the place that God promised. So the servant goes. And he meets Rebecca. And where our reading ended, he's seen that his prayer has been answered. Abraham was right. An angel has gone ahead of him. He's prepared the way. He's found the wife. And Rebecca and Isaac together equals blessing for the whole world. We'll see why later. Uh, Our second reading carries on in Genesis 24 from verse 28 uh, on page 24 in the Church Bibles. Denise, Timo, Evie Mae, Lizzie and Oliver are going to come and read that for us now and afterwards Nick will speak. The young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now Rebecca had a brother named Laban and he hurried out to the man at the spring. As soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and had heard Rebecca tell what the man said to her, he went out to the man and found him standing by the camels near the spring. Come, you who are blessed by the Lord, he said. said, Why are you standing out here? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man went to the house, and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for the camels, and water for him, and his men to wash their feet. Then food was set before him. But he said, I will not eat until I have told you what I have to say. Then tell us, Laban said. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly, and he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. My master's wife, Sarah, has borne him a son in her old age, and he is giving him everything he owns. And my master made me swear an oath and said, You must not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I live, but go to my father's family and to my own clan and get a wife for my son. And then I asked my master, what if the woman will not come back to me? He replied, the Lord, before whom I have walked faithfully, will send his angel with you and make your journey a success, so that that you can get a wife for my son and from my own clan and from my father's family. You will be released from my oath if, when you go to my clan, they refuse to give her to you. Then you will be released from my oath. When I came to the spring today, I said, Lord, God of my master Abraham, if you will please grant success to the journey on which I have come, 
say I am standing beside the spring, if a young woman comes out to draw water and I say to her, please let me drink a little water from your jar, and she says to me, drink, I'll draw water for your camels too. Let her be the one the Lord has chosen for my master's son. Before I finished praying in my heart, Rebecca came out with a jar on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water, and I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I'll water your camels too. So I drank, and she watered the camels too. I asked, whose daughter are you? Um, She said, the daughter of Bethel, son of Nahor, whom Michal bore to him. Then I put the ring on her nose and the bracelet in her arms, and I bowed down and worshipped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had let me on the right road to get the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now if you will show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, so I may know which way to turn. Laban and Bethuel answered, This is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here is Rebecca. Take her and go, and let her become the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. Then the servant brought out gold and silver jewellery and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and to her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night there. When they got up the next morning, he said, Send me on my way to my master. But her brother and her mother replied, Let the young woman remain with us ten days or so, then you may go. But he said to them, Do not detain me. Now that the Lord has granted success to my journey, send me on my way so I may go to my master. Then they said, Let's call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, Will you go with this man? I will go. She said. So they sent their sister Rebecca on her way, along with her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the cities of the enemies. Then Rebecca and her attendants got ready and mounted the camels and went back with the man. So the servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac had come from Beer Lahai Roy, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to the field one evening to meditate, and as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master. The servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. 
Well done, team. Fantastic. So, we've got a fairy story that's not a fairy story. A love story that's not really a love story, but a story about how the whole world is going to be healed. Do you notice how it ends? Isaac is comforted after his mother's death. His mum dies in the previous chapter. The shadow of death has been hanging over the human race ever since the third chapter of the book of Genesis. And there's something happening here that just takes away the sting of death. I don't think that's a coincidence. This isn't just a story about boy, well, servant meets girl meets boy, and they live happily ever after. It's like all fairy stories. It's pointing us to something much, much bigger. If you read Genesis 24 and think, this is going to be how God blesses me, he is going to provide the handsome prince, the beautiful princess, and that is going to bring me joy and I will live happily ever after. Well, look, those of us who've lived long enough know that's not true, don't we? That's not how the story ends. Some of us will never marry. Some of us have married and regret it. Others of us have married and it's been a great joy and then death has come as the bitterest blow as it separated us. Marriage cannot solve your problems. And yet, here is a marriage that somehow seems to be at the heart of how God is going to make every sad thing come untrue. Why is that? Well, when you get to the New Testament of the Bible, you find something quite interesting. In the first three Gospels, Jesus keeps calling himself the bridegroom. And then in John, the fourth Gospel, John sets out seven signs that point to who Jesus is, the the Son of God, the Messiah, who's come to bring everlasting life, eternal life to God's people, to take away the sting of death. What is the first sign that Jesus performs in John's Gospel? Does anyone know? Anyone want to tell me? Denise. He turns water into wine. And Denise, where does he turn water into wine? They need it. And where? At Cana. And what's happening in Cana? A wedding. Jesus' first sign is at a wedding. He brings the joy to the wedding. He brings the wine. And then almost the next thing that happens in John's gospel is that the disciples of John the Baptist are really worried because people are going to Jesus to be baptized instead. And they say to John, look, they're all running after him and they're all going and being baptized by him. What do you want us to do about it? And do you know what John says? To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. John the Baptist says, look, I'm just the best man at this wedding. Jesus is the bridegroom. 
And then I wonder if anyone knows what happens next in John's Gospel. Jesus goes to a well. And what happens when he goes to the well? He's got nothing to draw water with and he meets a woman and says, will you give me a drink? Does that ring any bells? It really should. And she says, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? She she knows the story too. You're not to get a bride for my son from these people. You see, the Samaritans are a kind of mix of Jewish and Canaanite. She knows that Jesus can't marry her. Why are you coming here and going through the whole kind of water from the well rigmarole ritual thing? I can't be your bride. And Jesus said, if you knew who I am, you'd have asked me for a drink. I can give you water welling up within you to eternal life so that you will never be thirsty again. In other words, I can really, really give you what you need if you'll only ask. And she's confused and Jesus says, go and get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. And he says, I know. The man you live with now is not your husband and the five husbands you've had before haven't satisfied you. You see, marriage wasn't the answer for her. Men weren't the answer for her. But Jesus, the bridegroom, is the answer. You see, the whole Bible is one way of looking at it, is that it's a fairy story. It is a love story in which the prince finds his princess and they live happily ever after. Listen to what Isaiah says to God's people. The Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Jesus, God himself, comes into the world as a bridegroom to marry his bride, the church, to welcome his people into his family. So how does the Bible end? Chapter 19 of the book of Revelation. Alleluia, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb, that is Jesus, has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then in chapter 21, we read this. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a voice from the throne saying, look. God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. 
My dear friends, if you are Christian people, you are part of that beautiful bride that the Prince of Heaven came and gave his life for. And you will live happily ever after. That is the extraordinary truth that Genesis 24 points us to. And it is breathtaking, isn't it? I don't know how you think God thinks about you. I'm often tempted to think that God rather reluctantly accepts me. That I might squeak through the pearly gates of heaven with a bit of a tut ringing in my ears. But tell me this. Have you ever been at a wedding and seen the groom turn round and go... I've been to lots of weddings. I've taken a lot of weddings. I've married a lot of people. And I promise you that is not the look you get, is it? As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will God rejoice over his people. The Bible is a love story between God and his people. From the very beginning to the very end, God is finding a wife for his son, the Prince of Heaven. So no matter whether you're married or not, whether you're filled with grief right now or filled with joy, there is a day coming for which your heart has been longing from the moment you were born. God will wipe away every tear and fill your heart with joy and welcome you to his banquet, to the wedding supper that you were born for. And making sure that Isaac got his wife. It's just another link in that chain so that God could bring you to that day.